Hello, Cubs fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. You know who I am. I'm Ron Luce, joined by me, myself, and I on this Wednesday night. We had to do a little bit of a pivot. We were supposed to have a guest on today. Unfortunately, schedules and things collided. Um, so I am here myself to talk a little bit about this W that the Cubs secured on Wednesday over the Pirates in the sweep. The sweep, the sweep, love the sweep, as Juice would always say. Um, another sweep of the Pirates, this time in the steel city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. What a day. What a day. Um, I wanted I want to discuss something really quick that's super off topic. Just bear with me. That's everybody that's listening. So I was not on yesterday's show, as you obviously knew. Uh, we didn't do a show Monday, and thank God we didn't because my laptop decided to take a shit. Finally, like it, it's five years old. I've used and abused it. Every time you guys saw me live, obviously that thing was, was pumping through. So I got a new laptop and I'm a Mac guy. I, I, I wasn't for the longest time until I got out of school. I became a Mac guy. I had a, um, a 2018 MacBook pro loved it. It was great. 13 inch screen, right? Well, so the newest one I got is a 15 inch screen and it's the air the MacBook Air, the new ones. It's that little like midnight color. It's really pretty. Nonetheless, I look like I'm looking at myself on a plasma television right now. <laughs> and it is absolutely throwing me off. This thing is bananas. Um, and I can't wait to create more content for all of you guys on this thing because this thing is worlds above what I had before. And I'm very excited. So bear with me of the whole, like, I can see details. I can see the, like, pinholes in the ceiling behind me for the first time. Normally, I just look like a, a little box on the screen. Uh, this is very different. So I'm, I'm I'm acclimating. But you know what else is very different, ladies and gentlemen? This Cubs team being hotter than the surface of the fucking sun. This team's fun right now. This team is absolutely fun right now. Scott, I wish. I wish. I wish Cubs on Tap was sponsored by Apple. Uh, trust me, brother. I... I really wish it was, but unfortunately it's not. Um, but I will say something that we can all be excited about today was what the Cubs did against the Pirates. 8-3 victory over the old Buckos, a little matinee action. I enjoyed that personally, got to watch it, you know, while multitasking, as most people do during the day, during the middle of the week. No Dansby Swanson. I think let's start there. I, I think that's a great spot to start. I Humble brag, not even humble brag, just a, a, a shameless plug, I guess, more or less. Um, there are three Cubs articles sitting over at ontapsforcent.com, catching you up on all the news of all things Cubs going on. Uh, a couple of Blackhawks articles, too, if you're into that. Uh, Ron Luce had a bender of a day on uh, on the writing today. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about that. It's been a while. But Dansby Swanson, obviously one of the, the very highlighted topics, uh, as we all learned via Taylor McGregor and others, Last night after the victory on Tuesday, which you guys uh, saw Joey and Nick recap, Dansby Swanson had some x-rays done on his right wrist. So his throwing hand, there was a lot of speculation, a lot of concern, truthfully, I think, amongst the Cubs fan base. It ultimately came back negative today, but he was still out of the lineup. To me, that feels precautionary. I think we all have grown accustomed to Dansby Swanson being an Iron Man of such uh, over the last few years of his career. So hopefully 
the two off days, Thursday, Friday, coming up before they play again on Saturday in London. And we'll talk about that at the end of the show. Um, hopefully, if you're not listening to me on the loo, that'll be better than not. Nonetheless, hopefully Swanson's good for the weekend is all I have to say. Nonetheless, he sits out. Nico moves over to short today. They move Morell into second. Madrigal plays third. And yeah, I saw some some lineup critiques before the game. I think myself included. None, none of them were public, but I absolutely went through it in my head. I was like, mm, wouldn't it be nice to see Morell at third? Like I was just told by Jed Hoyer the other day on 670 The Score that Morell should play third more. And ever since that was said, we have yet to see Morell at third. We've seen him in right and we've seen him at second since then. And I get it. He's versatile. He he can play multiple positions. That's great. And that, that's good. We uh, Not we. The Cubs need a guy like that. The Cubs need a guy like that. You need that super utility guy who's versatile, can move around, play a lot of different spots because injuries are inevitable. You know, days off are inevitable. It's a 162-game grind in, what, 185 days or whatever crazy shit it is. I don't mind seeing Morell at second today. But overall, we need to see him more at third. Nonetheless, I'll digress on that for a moment. Let's start with the boy that took over for Dansby at short because Nico Horner had himself a freaking day. Two hits, two runs scored, drove in three. He started it all off with an R two RBI triple early in the game. That gave the Cubs the initial lead after going down 1-0. And then he had a solo shot to cap it off later in the game. 284 average now for Nico. And I know, I know his OPS 732, but that's average, Ron. If you look at the MLB standards, that's the average OPS. He doesn't slug, and that's fine. I don't give a shit. He doesn't walk either. But guess what? He shows up. He shows up. If you guys look back, I'll bet you right now, I haven't looked at the stats personally, but I bet you Dexter Fowler's stats weren't jumping off the page either when he was an electric top of the lineup hitter. It's about when guys can come through in the clutch. Nico leads this team in RBIs. Let's think about that for a second. Nico Horner is the RBI leader on a team that consists of players like Dansby Swanson, Seiya Suzuki, Cody Bellinger, Ian Happ, Jan Gomes, who's having a, an incredible offensive season. I can I can keep going. Nico Horner, despite not walking and not slugging a ton, has still gotten it done. And that's what makes him such an electric player. And he did that again today, batted leadoff, and, and really set the tone at the top of the lineup. In addition, you had Seiya Suzuki. He was two for three with an RBI and a walk. Morell scored a run, but ultimately was 0 for 5. Shit happens. Uh, Hap continues to own the Pittsburgh Pirates. If you uh, go to the Wikipedia page of both the Pirates and the Reds, uh, their owner, or at least one of them, is Ian Hap. Uh, he continued to do that today with a two-hit performance, two ribbies, one run scored for him as well. Amaya scored a pair of runs today. He was one for three with a walk. Talkman walked twice, scored a run, uh, and then Madrigal with a big two RBI hit uh, that kind of really blew this game open in the uh in the contest and 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 they they kept it going so the bats have stayed hot i think that's the exciting part about wednesday's victory the bats have stayed hot and we love to see that this team's hitting right now dansby's been hot before the injury i I wrote it in the article today in his last seven games he's batting over 320 i believe it's 321 to be exact uh he's roughly an 800 plus ops player over that course as well a home run Four ribbies, and I believe the last seven games, 
Dansby's been good, as has the rest of this lineup. They have taken advantage, and they're playing good teams. I know people are like, but it's the Pirates. Well, this Pirates team was in first place for most of the season. Like, this is a different Pirates team. They are on the rise. You see some of these young guys that are coming through. They're also out with, without their arguably their best player in O'Neal Cruz. I don't know if we all remember him, you know, the big six foot seven shortstop that doesn't make any sense. Looks like Michael Jordan out there playing shortstop. He's he's been hurt since what the second home game of the year. So the fifth or sixth game of the entire season. And they have still been competitive most of the season. They have hit a downstroke now. Obviously, they're they've been cold. They've lost to you know the Brewers, and obviously the Cubs have owned them over the last six games, but they are still a threat. Let's put it that way, right? This isn't just the old pirates that you rolled over and they lost a hundred games and this, that, and the other, they're not going to lose a hundred games this year. I can promise you that. And then on top of that, you beat a really good Baltimore Orioles team, two of three in that series over the weekend. So this Cubs team is rolling after today. I believe it's 10 of the last 12. It honestly might even be like 10 of the last 11, the pace that they're at. This team is hot. They have been hitting. It's been great to see. Um, absolutely love everything that the Cubs bats did today. Even once the Pirates kind of snuck back in and made it six to three and kind of scared everybody. And we'll talk about the whole lighter thing. Trey playing first base and why Bellinger ultimately came in. Nonetheless, um, they got it done. They got it done. The bats did enough. Eight runs will certainly get you a victory. And as Scott says, I think this is a perfect pivot point. He says, who remembers when Twitter was concerned about the professor? Never doubted him. Uh, yeah. Kyle Hendricks looks healthy. Kyle Hendricks is back to being Kyle Hendricks. Sure, he's not striking people out. Truthfully, I don't give a rat's ass how he gets outs. Outs are outs are outs are outs. If you can get through six and a third innings and only strike out two guys and only give up a couple of runs, that's hot. That works. Only one earned run charged to Kyle Hendricks. Uh, three runs technically against the, the runs scored when Leiter was in the game are counting against him for that. But nonetheless, Kyle Hendricks' final line, six and a third, two hits, three runs, one earned, three walks, two Ks. He lowers his ERA to 260 on the season now. He has been lights out. He has been so good. He has been such a, a lift and a relief to this team in that five spot as your fifth pitcher. If this is your fifth pitcher, you're doing okay when a guy like Kyle Hendricks is getting it done. And yes, again, he's not striking a lot of guys out. He's walking a couple of guys here and there, but he's getting outs. Weak contact. This Cubs team is built for pitchers that pitch to weak contact. We've seen it all season long. Strowman's having a career year. Certainly helps when you have two gold lovers up the middle behind you and Dansby Swanson and Nico Horner. Cody Bellinger out in both center and at first. Talkman has been a great glove in center field in place of Bellinger while he's nursing this knee injury. Seiya Suzuki is a gold glove caliber defensive outfielder. Ian Happ just won the gold glove a season ago. This is the team that you want to play to weak contact with defensively. And it's showing it's, it's truly showing. And first off credit, I, I, I will, I will bring up a point that Sean Marshall brought up on the post game show today with uh, again, soon to be friend of the program, Cole, Wright. It's coming folks. It's coming. He's, he's such a G. I love Cole, Wright. Anyway. And Sean Marshall said like at the end of his career, the reason his career ended was because of a shoulder injury. Kyle Hendricks dealt with a shoulder injury last season. He credited Kyle Hendricks with coming back, 
strengthening the shoulders, strengthening the muscles around the shoulders so that he can be even somewhat of a resemblance of what he was when he was at his best, especially this late in his career. Again, a guy that doesn't require velocity to pitch well can own the strike zone just by playing you with what moves and, and what plays the contact. And Kyle Hendricks is getting it done. 100% getting it done. I've picked him up in fantasy leagues. That's how good he's been. Because he's been consistent. I don't give a shit that he's only striking out two, three, four, five batters, maybe at best a game. If he can give you six and a third, seven, eight innings as he did against the Giants and only give up a run, two runs, even three runs. Even in Kyle Hendricks' worst starts this season, he's giving up what? I think four was the worst he's given up recently. I will take that out of a quote-unquote fifth starter every single day of the week. Really, right now, the missing key and cog in this rotation is Jameson Tyone. If Tyone can become consistent, and I'm not saying he's he's probably not going to live up to the 17 million in year one. We 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 saw this with guys like you know you Darvish. We've seen this with other pitchers in their first year. They just haven't lived up to the contract in year one. But if he can be a consistent five to six inning pitcher, give up no more than three runs, and just give you a chance to win, this rotation looks really good. Like, they have a playoff rotation. Let's just call it what it is. I know playoffs? We're talking playoffs? Let's talk playoffs for a hot second. Because if this team continues to get hot, they're going to be in the conversation for the NL Central race when the year is over. I know the Reds are the, the hottest team on the planet right now, which is just the most baffling thing to even come out of my mouth. If this Cubs team is in a playoff position at the end of the year and they go into a series where they have to pitch four, Tyone's probably your guy out of the pen, truthfully, because Drew Smiley's been that good. Kyle Hendricks has been that good, and he continued with that today against the Pirates. And then obviously Justin Steele and Marcus Stroman are amongst the best in the NL. They might finish. This might be 2016-esque where you have two pitchers finishing the top three of your own league Cy Young voting. Lester and Hendricks finished in the top three of that 2016. They were two and three, but they finished in the top three of the Cy Young voting. There is a world where Justin Steele and Marcus Stroman are in that top three at the end of the season for Cy Young in the NL. I think right now Stroman's probably the favorite. If you look at the top 10 pitchers in the league in terms of ERA, eight, I believe at least eight, I think it's seven, seven, pardon me, seven of them are AL pitchers. That AL Cy Young race is going to be a crazy one, but the NL Cy Young race right now is owned by the Cubs. You have two pitchers atop the ERA ranks of this league. Strowman's third in the league, number one in the NL. Steele is number three in the NL and number seven in totality of the MLB. They have been that good so far. You have a playoff rotation. You have four good pitchers right now, the way that Hydricks is throwing and the way that Smiley has thrown all year. It would it would be bananas if Tyone figures his shit out and this team becomes deadly. Because again, Hendricks, six and a third today. The two hits, yes, three runs. Only one of them earned three walks, two Ks. A 260 ERA, that will play. Uh, Leiter came in, had the near freak injury. I can't believe he's not injured. I, I haven't seen anything on Twitter today. I don't think he's hurt. The fact that his like left shoulder isn't dislocated or his elbow's not dislocated or his arm's not broken is 
stupid bananas for the play at first that Trey Mancini botched. Still in disbelief of it, but two-thirds of an inning for him, he gets out of it. Uh, 259 ERA now for him. Merriweather made things interesting, came in, walked two, but Cade two. Still a clean inning overall for him, and then Fulmer closed it out with no damage for the Cubbies today. Five total walks as a team, only six Ks, but guess what? When you only give up three runs and score eight, good things happen. Um, Fun fact here from Scott. Fun fact, Fulmer and Merriweather have given up a combined zero earned runs since May 28th, 22 and two-thirds innings pitched. This bullpen is going somewhere. Thank you, Scott. I'm glad you you dropped that uh that little that little Scott bomb in the uh, in the comments here. This bullpen is starting to figure shit out. And honestly, that I think that's what makes another article on OnTapSportsNet.com that I wrote today. I think that's what makes what could be a very devastating Cody Hoyer injury even more disappointing. Is because this bullpen is kind of starting to figure shit out. You're starting to see who can come in in the high leverage situations and who can't. Right. Rucker, um, Hughes is obviously hurt right now, but like those kind of guys, Assad, he's a perfect like, hey, we've got this game in hand. We need two to three innings out of a guy. Can you come in and do that? Javier Assad has been good at that. Hayden Wesneski is giving you something. I think ultimately he goes back to AAA Iowa at some point. But like you're starting to see the quote-unquote high leverage arms in this bullpen take effect. To me, Fulmer and Merriweather are your interchangeable ninth or like seventh inning guys. If it's a tight ball game, obviously Fulmer pitched the ninth today, but they were up by five. It is what it is. They're starting to settle in after a really rough starts for both of them. They are both starting to finally settle in and look really good, truthfully, when it's all said and done. Then you see Lighter. Lighter's really become like your eighth inning guy. He he can get it done. He really can. He's good against lefties. He's good against righties. That's that splitter is disgusting. And again, I still can't believe he's not hurt after that play today at first base. Just let Trey Mancini DH and only DH. You have guys that can play first. I would rather, I know he's hurt right now, but I would rather see Patrick Wisdom at first base than Trey Mancini defensively. That is just what it is. It's not a shot at Trey. Love Trey. Trey's a great guy. Just don't play first base. It, it, it scares the absolute fucking shit on me when he plays first base. There's a reason that Bellinger's playing first. We like Belly at first. Let Belly play first. Nonetheless, I digress. And then you have Alzale, your closer of the future. Adbert looks damn good in that closer role, man. Hey, let, let, let's let's give credit where credit's due. He's got that slide step, as, as, as Mr. Ricotta always says. Slide step. He's got that swagger in the ninth inning. He kind of comes in and gives you that, like, I'm nasty and I know it vibe. And that's exactly what you want out of a closer. Exactly what you want out of a closer. And absolutely love to see it. I I think Elzele is fitting in perfectly. I think this Cubs bullpen is finally starting to take shape. It took a hell of a lot longer than I think we all wanted it to. But it's starting to take shape. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Scott also says here, he says, when the unfortunate news about Hoyer happens, it gives the Cubs opportunity to bring up Ben Brown. Facts. It does. I think Ben Brown was going to come up regardless, truthfully. I, I, I think even the Hoyer injury aside, I think Ben Brown is going to be on this ball club at some point this season. He has been that good in AAA Iowa. Again, mind you folks, they acquired him for half a season of David Robertson from the Phillies. And now Ben Brown 
is arguably the most MLB ready arm that this team has in terms of prospects. And yes, maybe this year he's just a bullpen piece and whatever, but going into next season, he might compete for a rotation spot. He is that good. Two starts ago, six innings, six hits, no walks, 11 Ks. In his last two outings, he has 16 Ks. He was really good again in his last outing. Ben Brown is everything that I think the Cubs were hoping he would become. And right now, if I'm the Cubs, I'm absolutely keeping an eye on him and saying, when is he making AAA hitters look that stupid that it's no longer worth his time? Because if you can bring him up and make him what Hayden Wesneski has kind of been the last two weeks where he's like that three-inning guy, probably better off as a two-inning guy because you can pitch him a little more often. Ben Brown might come up and be nasty. And if this Cubs team is in the NL Central hunt, which they absolutely are, they absolutely are. I, I saw the, the 670, the score clip. I, I saw Mr. Perkins call the Cubs NL Central champs. They got to catch the Reds. That Reds team is going to be an absolute pain in the ass because what they've won 11 straight. Stupid. Doesn't make any sense. But this Cubs team right now, three and a half back of the Reds. because Just because just they keep winning. But they're getting ground on the Brewers only two games back of the Brewers for second place in this division. This division's up for grabs. And if you don't think the Cubs have completely pivoted how they felt three weeks ago, I think the whole Strowman not getting re-signed and extended thing might be reconsidered. I think Ben Brown, his ascension to be up and be the guy that can kind of give some life to this bullpen might be a real thing. This Cubs team has 100% turned it around and it's, it, it's been fun to watch. It truly has. And they, they are playing really fun baseball right now. Josh Williams says here in the comments, this offense is going to have its ups and downs. We knew that going into the season, there was going to be a lot of one run ball games. Bullpen was bad in may team was bad in may makes sense. hundred percent. Yeah. They, they, they struggled early. You know, the bullpen was bad. The offense was nothing. Like, they just got starting pitching. That was it. That was all they were getting in May. But now you're starting to see when this team is more complete. The, the bats are hitting. Weather's warmer. Sometimes that happens in the in the sport of baseball. The bullpen's starting to find its course. Now, all of a sudden, you're getting the starting pitching more completely, too. It's not just Steele and Stroman anymore. Smiley's putting together great starts after, like, kind of three weird starts to to headline the season. And Hendricks has looked really good of late. This team has got it going on. It's not Stacy's mom. It's the Chicago Cubs. Chicago Cubs have got it going on. And it, it's been super fun to see. My final thought uh, from this game, from this series, pardon me for a, a hot second here. Allergy season is an absolute nightmare. Nico Horner is that guy. Um, it's an absolute travesty that more of the Cubs aren't higher in the all-star rankings. And it's not necessarily that every single Cubs going to be there. I think there's a couple of these Cubs position players that actually deserve a shot at the all-star game that are nowhere close. The fact Nico Horner's not in the top 10 of second baseman in the NL is, is, is lunacy. It's not even a travesty lunacy. There are maybe two NL second baseman that are better than him. Luis Arias, who's who's competing for a 400 season for the first time in years, which, yes, he's 100%. That's about all I can think of off the top of my head. Nico Horner's been that good. I know the numbers on paper don't show it, but he's going to be in the gold glove conversation, and this is a guy that's still batting, what, 284 after today? 
stupid, disgusting, unreal. And Morell, been hot as shit. Even as a DH, he's fifth right now in the DH voting. He's he's come up and hit what 13 home runs in the big leagues, and he hasn't even played the full season. He's been really, really good. <laughs> Mr. Ricotta, how are you, my friend? He says, Dansby, Nico, Stroh, Steele, Morell, all probably should be in, in his opinion. I think Stroh and Steele will be. My hot take, unfortunately, watching how these – the popularity contest that is the all-star vote, it is, folks. Let's just be honest. Fans will vote for their favorite player even if they don't deserve to be in. That's why, like – that's why in the NFL, the Pro Bowl doesn't mean shit because the fans vote on it. The All-Pro means something because it's actually voted on people that watch the fucking games. To me, the only two that are going to make it in because the pitchers are decided by the coaching staffs, it's going to be Stroh and Steele. Those are your two Cubs All-Stars right now. Stroh and Steele. Stroh's going to start the game. And shit, at this pace, Steele should be the next guy in because they've been that good in the NL. Probably the top two pitchers so far in the NL. That is my final thoughts. Oh, and uh, in case you didn't know, in case you haven't listened to recent episodes, if if this Cubs team has not reconsidered their stance on extending Marcus Stroman, get your head out of your fucking ass, Jed Hoyer, and at least talk to the man. You can have you can have back and forth. It's okay. Truthfully, I promise you, you're all adults. You're all big boys. You can have constructive conversation. Start talking about keeping this man in Chicago. He likes being here. We like him here. And motherfucker, he's the best pitcher in the NL right now. It'd be the biggest loss in the world if you let him walk for absolutely nothing. Folks, we get a couple of off days. I get a couple of off days. The Cubs on tap staff gets a couple of off days. We all get a couple of off days from Cubs baseball. Some of us are going to hate it. Some of us are going to love it. It's just the nature of the beast. But it is finally here. The London series is on the horizon for this Cubs team. In case you didn't see it today, you can read it over at ontapsportsnet.com. David Ross announced this morning the two starters for the upcoming series against the Cardinals over across the pond in the UK. Uh, it will be Justin Steele on Saturday and Marcus Stroman on Sunday. So our friends over at UK Cubs, Cubber Rachel and Mike, get their wish. Uh, they get to see the two best Cubs pitchers. Uh, over the course of this weekend coming up against the shitbag Cardinals. The Cardinals probably throwing their two best pitchers as well. Uh, they will throw Wainwright and Flaherty respectively on Saturday and Sunday in this two-game set. Mind you, the Cardinals are technically the home team. Uh, this is technically a road game if you look at it in terms of splits on the calendar for the Cubs. Um, but in case you didn't catch it on the broadcast today on Marquee, Bugshiambi and Rick Sutcliffe brought it up about when the Red Sox and Yankees did this over in London, the Yankees asked to wear their home uniforms for one of the two games. The Cubs will do the same, I believe, in Sunday's game. They will wear the pinstripes. Uh, it'll be Saturday. They'll they'll be the true road team, road grays. Cardinals will wear their homes. And then on Sunday, Cubs will wear their pinstripes. And then the Cardinals are going to wear their like cream uniforms, which I think is an epic miss. Truthfully, I know we hate the shitbag Cardinals, obviously FTC till we die over here at Cubs on tap, but like we're the baby blues. What are you doing? What are you doing? That is a missed opportunity. Again, showing why St. Louis is boring and they don't know what to do. You should have worn your, your baby blues when the Cubs are wearing their home uniforms. Talk about putting the MLB on display in Europe. Arguably the best baby blue uniforms. I'll give credit where credit's due. I hate giving anything good to the Cardinals because they're the Cardinals. But, like, their, their baby blue uniforms are good-looking. They're good-looking uniforms with the red and the bat. And it looks good. 
Wear those. Don't wear those disgusting cream uniforms. What are you doing? What are you doing? Get your head out of your ass. Missed marketing opportunity by the Cardinals. No surprise there. Uh, It's an absolute travesty. A couple of quick comments here before we start to break down uh, the upcoming series over the weekend. Joey missed you. Mike talk of the town. The talkman should be an all-star. And then Joey says, talk dirty to me, Scott. Uh, Yeah, it's it's a fun time to be a Cubs fan. It's a fun time to be here at Cubs on tap. We're, We're all saying silly shit to each other. It's just the nature of the beast. Folks, in case you didn't know, from London Stadium in the UK, Saturday's game will be a 12-10 Central Daylight Time start uh, for those in the Central Time Zone, One ten for those in the Eastern Time Zone. As the Cubs and Cardinals do battle, as we mentioned, Steele's on the bump against Wainwright for this one. And then on Sunday, uh, what's better than breakfast and baseball? Truthfully, uh, I don't think anything is, in my humble opinion, I'll be waking up ready to to have a Sunday fun day and starting it off with Cubs Cardinals at 9:10 Central Daylight Time. It's a 10:10 a.m. start in the Eastern Time Zone from London Stadium in the UK. In case you guys were wondering, well, what time do they start in the UK? Easy conversion. It's a 6:10 start on Saturday. It is a 3:10 start on Sunday. Uh, London is six hour difference from the Central Time Zone. So. This will be a good one. ESPN on Sunday, Fox Sports on Saturday. They're both national games, obviously, because of the London matchup. It's going to be a good one. It should be a lot of fun. Cardinals are in last place. They suck. It's okay. We all love that here as Cubs fans, especially Cubs on tap. Um, And if I'm the Cubs, let's keep it simple. Keep the offense going and have your two best pitchers throw gems. And if that happens, it's a two-game sweep. Yeah, you do good in London. Uh, our friend of the program over here, Rachel, is real pumped, and, and our UK Cubs fans are pumped. And uh, they come back home to see the Phillies and Guardians for six games at Wrigley Field starting on Tuesday of next week. Uh, before I get out here, fly the W pick for this series. I sit here and I think to myself, I said, who, who wants to step up the most on the international stage? Truthfully, like who, who's going to be that guy in these two games? Despite probably a weird adjustment to the time zones, you know, and probably a little bit of a lack of sleep, whatever it is, who's going to be that guy? And it's really hard to go any other way than one Nico Horner. I think Nico Horner is the guy. He's my fly the W pick for this upcoming series. I think he takes the momentum he generated in today's game into that London series. I think Dansby's back. I think Nico's batting two, maybe three, wherever he's batting. I think Nico's going to deliver some big hits for this Cubs team. And again, I'm feeling very confident about what's coming this weekend. So that is my kind of thoughts and preview of the upcoming series. A couple of quick comments here. Uh, Scott's pick for fly the W is Mr. Madrigal. Obviously he's a big fan uh, toward up in Iowa. He's been good. He got shit done today. Um, it's been fun to see Nick Madrigal playing decent baseball of late. Uh, Joey Mr. Ricotta says a 9 a.m. start time win is inspiring. It sure is. It'll inspire a Sunday fun day if you ask me, man. Um, and I encourage everybody, if you if you want to see some hooliganisms, uh, follow along over the course of the weekend. I'll be out of town visiting a friend. Uh, we're already planning to have a Sunday fun day. Probably going to wake up with, with breakfast and, and Cubs baseball. 
It's going to be a hell of a day. I'm, I'm quite excited for it. Joey's fly. The W pick is Stro. Uh, never a bad pick. I think Stro goes out and absolutely shoves, especially on the international stage. Uh, that's just meant for the Stro show. Uh, and he says boring, but real like St. Louis completely agree. Ladies and gentlemen, before I get out of here, I want to remind every single one of you Cubs on tap is one of two Cubs podcast here and shows covering the Chicago Cubs for the on tap sports network. Be sure to check out our friends over at the dingers podcast. Uh, they do a great job. They were live on Monday night at dinger Cubs on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, the boys do a great job holding down the fort on Monday evenings. Uh, be sure to check out Joey and Nick's show from last night as well. I will humbly apologize. That will be up as a podcast this evening at some point. Uh, this show will be up on Thursday officially in podcast form for those uh, that are curious. If you want to re-listen, I doubt you want to hear me again, but that's okay. Maybe you do. Nonetheless, we'll be back up. Be sure to follow us, though, as well, at Cubbies on Tap on Twitter and Instagram, uh, C-U-B-B-I-E-S. I am at Loose on Tap. Homeboy in the comments, as you saw, Mr. Ricotta, he's at Joey Knows Nothing. And be sure the rest follow the rest of the crew at Juice on Tap, at Nick underscore on Tap, at Teddy Freddy 270, and at Bulls Guy Rob, all holding it down here at Cubs on Tap. Bulls, Bears, Blackhawks, you know the drill. We got it going on. Bulls and Blackhawks about to get real busy where the Bears, total opposite. A little bit of a, a snooze fest until the end of July coming up here. It's the dog days of summer for the NFL, but not for the NBA and NHL. Be sure to be tuning in with us here at ontapsportsnet.com for all of that. And again, Cubs fans, you know the drill. You got friends that like the Southsiders. So do we. Send your friends to our friends over at Socks on Tap. Once again, ontapsportsnet.com, at ontapsportsnet on social media, the Ontap Sports Network. Go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. It's Cubs cards this weekend, baby. Coming off a sweep against the Buckos. Let's keep it going. Let's go win five straight with two wins against the cards in London. Uh, and special episode coming up on Monday. Uh, hopefully the boys will be back with you here on Sunday, recapping the games themselves. Uh, Monday should be a special episode. We'll get uh, a little insight into what it was like over the course of the weekend from the London series. Uh, I'll tease that now and then, and, and we'll, uh, we'll announce it officially uh, over the weekend and then into Monday. I am Ron Luce. As always, we appreciate you guys all joining us. Thank you for joining the comment section. If you want to be a part of the show and you want to be involved in the commentary here that we discuss on Cubs on Tap, be sure to subscribe on YouTube or like us on Facebook and hit that bell button on YouTube. You'll always know when we go live and you can join the conversation. If you're joining us on Twitter, we still just appreciate you as much. We just unfortunately cannot see your commentary from over on the Twitter side. Nonetheless, we love every single one of you. And as always, it comes on tap. I'm going to get out of here. The only way we know how after this series, it's fuck the Pirates. As always, it's fuck the Cardinals. And until the end of time, it's let's go Cubbies. <laughs>